Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Brother Moore is coming right now. Everybody say, bless him in Jesus' name. Jump on him, Lord. Jump on him, Lord. Well, let's give that unto the Lord tonight. Has God been so good to me? It's been so good to you. Been so good to America. Man, I tell you, God's been good. Amen. And blessing and keeping and leading and directing us. Isn't it great to be here tonight? Give glory and praise and honor to none other but our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are honored to see each one of you in the house of the Lord tonight to come worship Him and to hear of His word and feel of His presence and join in with your brothers and sisters of like precious faith and songs and uh, making your hearts merry. Man, through songs and worshiping and none other but the Lord tonight. Man, got your Bibles turned to 2 Timothy. 3 and 16, we'll read that and let you be seated. We realize it's Wednesday night. Not that we just cater to the flesh, but we do give you respect and honor and appreciate you being here. We know how it can be in the midweek. Amen. So God bless you. All right. All scriptures given by an inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. God, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're so thankful for the written word of God. And our prayer is, before we leave this house tonight, that we will be changed by the written word of the Lord. You anoint our minds and loose our tongues and open the ears and the hearts in this house tonight. We know it's your goodwill and good pleasure to pour out your spirit, to inscribe your word upon our hearts, our minds, and spirits, that we might not sin against you, but that likewise we can be the apostles and disciples of the Lord. Jesus Christ, giving instructions to others, being a guide to others into the fullness of this gospel, the fullness of this truth. Help us be the soul winners, the light bearers, the salt of the earth. Help us turn our world upside down. You anoint this place with your presence. All the praise and glory and honor is lifted to none other but to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated. God is so good to us. That's, that's just lightly putting it. If it wasn't for His goodness and mercy and truth and, and touch in our lives, we live and move and have our being by Him. Man, these old earthen vessels as He created them out of the dust of the ground and uh, shaped and molded them in His image and likeness. And how blessed we are to be in this house tonight. I'm going to talk from these four verses tonight, Romans 6, 17, and 22. Still in the direction of talking about doctrine and the 51 times as it's mentioned into the King James Version. Hallelujah. Thank God for doctrine tonight. I want to fall in love with it more than I ever have. I want to have it planted into my heart, mind, and spirit. I want to have my feet settled and anchored in it. My heart, mind, I want to have a made-up mind, a made-up heart and spirit, amen, to practice and to be a part of the doctrines of the Word of God, amen. I'm not looking for an easier way, amen, and I'm not necessarily looking for a harder way. I'm just looking for truth. Truth, amen, is what sets us free. Truth is what makes us free, and we just want to walk in this doctrine of truth, Amen, because we're going to have to give an account for it, so we might as well make up in our minds and hearts and souls tonight. And we're going to study it, we're going to read it, we're going to memorize it, we're going to allow it to be a part of our lives, a part of our family's lives, a part of the church, amen, a part of our community. We're going to find
mind, amen, joining together, uniting together, amen, as the doctrine's been given to us, amen, is in the word of God to be the Christians, to be the called out, the election, the peculiar people that God has called us to be. And the reason we're going to be those, amen, is because we're going to learn all of this by teaching or by doctrine tonight. We won't learn it all tonight. I ask these children sometimes, they always look at me a little weird, amen, but I'll ask them to come in from school. I say, well, did you learn it all today? They say, well, yeah. I say, well, good. You ain't got to go back tomorrow since you've learned it all. You don't need to go back. And they just kind of look at me like I'm crazy and rightly so, but um, but you know, we're never going to learn it all. But you know what? But neither I'm just going to let just any old way do. Hallelujah. But I'm going to search the scriptures. I want to read them, pray over them, pray for the inspiration and the revelation of them. Amen. Because the word of God's written in a manner in a way that regardless of our times and the hour and the seasons that we're living in and all the new gadgets that the devil's using to try to deceive people and persuade people that they're all right and all the different methods and means and ways that people join together even under the same umbrella that you and I have tonight. Amen. It's being Christians. Amen. Being disciples of Jesus Christ or at least claiming to be but it's the doctrines that really tells the difference but not only the doctrines but those that preach and practice the doctrines. Amen. There is an authority and there is a power that sets up a bold with them. We just sung the song and he added his own words into it. Amen. The God of the throne. Well he's the throne of my heart the throne of my life. He's not a sovereign God. That's the reason I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't fret and worry about it. I'm just going to stay faithful and practice the doctrines of God and let God take care of what I can't take care of. If God take care of what I can take care of, God's going to take care of everything else. That's the devil and all my problems and every situation is going on around us. Now, if you got people that don't want the doctrine, there's nothing I, I can't help them. You got people that's not hungry and thirsty for truth, and I can't help them. But if they hunger and thirst after righteousness, I got a doctor that'll bring them out of bondage and bring them out of sin and the powers thereof. I'm telling you, the devil's not bigger, lost, and not bent the spirit of the world. I'm telling you, this doctor sets his people free. I know it's Wednesday night, but it can heal and deliver and set free on a Wednesday night just like any other time. Watch two or three gather in my name. I'm in the mess. If he's among us, anything is possible. If he can't marry my heart, Mary, then you're dead. If he can't lift you, then you're unliftable. That's a word. Probably not. He's writing his own songs. I can make up my own words. Appreciate Brother Ford done an awesome job Wednesday night, Sunday night. My, appreciate these good preachers. Thank God for these instrument players and singers and the saints of God, this church. Hallelujah. God's been good to us. And so as we look at this tonight in Romans 16, 17 through 20. We last week talked about Romans 6, 17 through 22. But tonight we're going to talk about it, the doctrine Especially in the times that we're living and uh, the world and the attitude of the world. They quickly to try to tell us that, that you know, you, you don't have a right to judge me. And, um, you know, they, they, they have this opinion that the man upstairs, as a lot of them refers to him as, 
and uh, but he's more than upstairs. Can <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> There's no stairway can get to him. I know we sing that song, but I promise you, man, the only way you're going to get to him is when you cry out his name and with honesty and sincerity. But it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of dungeon you found yourself, how dark and how deep the valley. It doesn't matter if you're in the belly of a whale, beneath the bars of the earth and the ocean. There's something about whenever honest, sincere prayer is made. It moves a man's situations. They could turn him around in one moment of time, one night, and one hour. Amen. Or if it takes a man a week, the little widow woman found out, amen, every morning and every evening. Nobody else can move the judge. Nobody else had any effect on him. But God uses the weakest vessel in the city called a little widow woman that didn't have no children to help her, didn't have a husband to help her. Nobody else is going to help her. They were just sitting back on the stools to do nothing. Amen. Is going to see what was going to unfold. Well, guess what? God showed up because she was consistent enough. Amen. And dedicated enough. Hallelujah. You know what? God stepped in on the scene. When you found your life upon this doctrine, honey, you don't need anybody else. You ain't got to have nobody else. You've got that that's unmovable, unshakable, unbreakable. Hallelujah. Thank God for the doctrine that forever settled in the heaven. But matter your goal is tonight to get it settled in the hearts, get it settled in our minds, and get it settled in our spirit. I'm going to be a one God believing, amen, child of God. I'm going to love him, I'm going to worship him, I'm going to serve him. <laughs> I find it's a privilege and an honor to be living for God. <laughs> Man, I could tell them druggies and alcoholics and all the rest of them. Man, we, we, we can party better than y'all can. You destroy your body, but we're preserving ours. We can get just as drunk as you can. We can get so high that we don't know if we're in our bodies or not. <laughs> we can have dreams and visions. And in the midst of all of it, as one writer put it, <laughs> joy unspeakable. We can speak in a language. Amen. With a Jerusalem ring to it. There's no alcohol in the world can do that. There's not a drug in the world. They may try to, to copy it. And they may try to put on a front. But I'm telling you, it won't have the Jerusalem ring with it. And the doctrines of the tongue are still in the Bible. And they're still part of salvation. And I'm glad tonight that I don't just talk about it and dream about it. But you know what? As Paul put it in one place, I speak in tongues more than you. Hallelujah. And thank God we get to speak in that heavenly language. Hallelujah. So i got to get started here. But, but the, the 17th verse starts in Romans 6 here. But God bethink that he were the servant. I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong one. Romans 16 and 17. Now I beseech you, in other words, I appeal or urge you, amen. Brethren, notice, brethren, he's talking to Holy Ghost filled people here now. He's talking to some one God people. Talking to them that has called Jesus Christ their Savior. They're becoming the disciples of the Lord. And so, I beseech you, brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have, which ye have learned and avoid them. Paul gave us permission sometimes that there's some people that we can avoid. 
They can get mad. And get their feelings hurt. They can say, boy, he ain't much of a preacher and not much of a saint of God. But whenever all they want to spew out of their mouths is contrary to the doctrine that we have learned, that we know that's settled in the heavens, that's settled in the word of God, and that you and I have experienced and know and tried and proven that it works. There's no sense in letting no individual. I don't care whose grandma it is. I don't care whose grandpa it is. I don't care how much fire they're calling out of heaven. I don't care how good a person they might be. Hallelujah. None of that don't matter. If they choose, amen, not to believe the doctrine and the whole doctrine and hold to the doctrine, I'm telling you, we're living in a time today if you can be deceived, they're going to be deceived. But there's another, 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 there's another power working. I'm telling you, God's going to start unveiling them. God's going to start manifesting them. God's going to start, you know why? Because the testing time's on us. And who's got the goods, amen, is going to show up if we got it tonight. Because you can't hold to the doctrine, to the true doctrine without the authority, the power of the Spirit to see the power thereof. Green, it don't bother me one bit to take the time to anoint and pray over these that are sick and afflicted and these are touching their bodies or touching their, their lives. That's the word of God. And I don't care how many mocks it makes light of it and they can discard it if they want to. But I tell you what, a lot of people need to go back, amen, and get in their olive oil back in their churches and practicing, amen, and laying hands on them and praying the prayer of faith. Hallelujah, you wonder why we in the mess we are? Because we just simply don't do what the Bible tells us to do. Hallelujah, it's better to obey than sacrifice them. I tell you, it's Every better time we need to go back to some old landmarks. We need to go back to some old paths and just do it the way the word of God said to do it. It don't matter how foggy it looks, how square it looks, it works. It works, and that's what we're after. It's what we want to see unfold. It's what we want to see happen here. So now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses, contrary offenses cause people to stumble. The doctrines which he have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own, their own perfections, their own uh, desires, and their own opinions, and how, how they read it, and things of this nature. <laughs> and by good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts. Of the simple. Deceive the hearts of the simple. It doesn't matter how much they may astound us with their ability. You know, one place, another place, it talks about it forever learning the scriptures, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. They could quote the whole Bible, they could have a photographic memory and can't tell you the plan of salvation because they don't have a love for God or for godly things. And I promise you, their life will reveal that. Places they go, things are involved in, what to talk about, it'll reveal that. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet not I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So it kind of finishes up this letter. And well, Ford's preaching Sunday night in Ephesians 1 talks about winding up there, the body, and putting under our feet. Hey, that's, that's where the devil belongs at the, at the church. In our lives as Holy Ghost filled people, amen. You don't let the devil get on your shoulder. 
Praise God. You, you, you keep him under your feet. He's nothing but a liar anyway. He can't tell the truth. He's a father of all lies. It's God's good will and good pleasure for us to be victorious and live overcoming lives. It's God's will for us to be healed and delivered and, and accomplish and achieve the things he wants us to. The call, the purpose of God upon our lives and upon our hearts. And, and so I'm just going to just give a few examples throughout the scriptures here. And then we're going to, last couple of pages I'm going to talk about and go into some writings of Paul about certain things that came up and how they responded to them and things of that nature. Just give us a little idea of what was unfolding and what he's talking about here. Amen. And marking, mark them. Mark them. Basically, that's telling us to, to fix your eyes upon them. You know what? If there was a... Well, I just use a snake. That's the easiest thing for me to use, but it really don't have to be a snake. I remember and I probably got in trouble with this if the law had found out about it. But uh, <laughs> I, had, I had somebody. They had a creature that went too far from my grandbaby's yard. And uh, when I stopped and they addressed that, hey, we got such and such. I said, yeah. I said, well, we think about shooting it and such thing. I said, well, God gave us dominion over them. And I'll tell you right now, if that dude was calling this close to my yard, I'd kill it. And I drove off. <laughs> it wasn't too long I heard a gun. Good deal. I ain't got to pray about that one. They may, another, they may be another one. But I don't have to worry about that one biting them. I don't have to worry about that and coming through the yard. I don't have to worry about that and eating any dogs. He ain't going to eat anything else. He, 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 you know, there's a whole swamp they can get in. But you're not coming in my yard. You're not coming, amen, in the vicinity where, no, no. That's the backbone the church has got to get back to. That's an area where the house of God's got to get back to. There's some things we're simply not going to entertain. If you're not willing to repent, then we got to disfellowship you. Now, it's real easy to do that until it's my baby. Until this is the one that I, I love and the one I cherish. I won them to the Lord. What do you mean? Well, anyway, I'm going to go on. I ain't going to meddle too much there. But, but uh, it's the, the, strong, the Word of God's pretty strong now. And there's a purpose for it, a reason for it. And this is how you keep the house clean. Amen. And this is what also, now watch this. Well, let, let me just move on from that. But let's give you just an example. For instance, you can go to the book of Acts, the 15th chapter, the first council meeting, I guess you would say, that took place. And it took over. The reason this transpired, it dealt with some, some, some believers or certain men. The Bible actually calls them. There weren't really believers or brethren here. Just says there's certain men, but uh, they had some connections, and they was from Judea, and so they made their way unto some of the brothers, and this is how it basically goes: certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren, and said, "Except he be circumcised after the manner of Moses, he cannot be saved." That's pretty tough, ain't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Now <laughs> they had received the Holy Ghost, not not the certain men now.
But they was coming down and telling them all this. And so Paul and Barnabas got involved in this. And the next verse said that they had no small sensation or disputation with them. In other words, they, they blowed their hair back. <laughs> How about that? They let them know quick light. You're, you're wrong. You're, you're not. I don't care who you are and where you come from. Amen. This is a different circumstance. But, but now watch this. Why would they possibly believe this? Because when you go back to the second chapter in about the 16th verse, you're going to read where Peter, that first message he preached to them, he taught them that this is a, a part of the prophecy that Joel had prophesied in Joel 2, 28 and 29. Amen. But their, their servants and handmaids and daughters of sons are going to prophesy and speak with new tongues and, and things of this are going to unfold and take place. And, but right along with that, he also talked about how the sun was going to turn dark and the moon was going to turn to red to, to like blood. And, and there's going to be works in the heavens and things of this nature. So when you go back to Joel and that prophecy, that was over Israel. And so a portion of that prophecy had been fulfilled. But the remainder of that, even though Peter had addressed it and he connected it all together, all of that was not being fulfilled. And so they was taken, amen, the pouring out of the Holy Ghost on the, on the day of Pentecost. They was using that as the coming of the Christ and setting up the kingdom of God. And so they were still wanting to drag or pull in, amen, doctrines, amen, that, that was still part of Judaism and part of that. But as you watch this and unfold and after they went and, and witnessed to them and talked about it and, and finally come to the decision, the four things that the Gentiles couldn't do, come to find out, they was, they was if you drop down, I believe... Um, uh, the fifth verse, and there was always a certain set of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And so they wanted to bring that over. Now, now watch this. And I was raised Methodist. But I got out pretty early, so I wasn't too doctrinated in it. But if you're not careful, you and I have a tendency, if we're raised in other denominations and other ways of doctrine, hallelujah, and I see it showing up every once in a while. And no offense, I'm just telling you, I just see that. It's a form of worship sometimes and, and statements that are made and, and even sometimes in areas where, amen, where they call themselves a Christian. And if you're not careful, you'll join the right hand of fellowship and agreement with them. But they have not repented. They have not been baptized in in Jesus' name, they have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They are not on the right foundation. So by the scriptures, I cannot really call them a brother or a sister. Now, I'm going to show respect. You're going to show respect because we don't want to offend them. But on the same token, we got to be careful enough and, and stand strong enough that we'll convict their hearts and help them realize that hey, you got to have more than what you got. You're lost and undone with the relationship and the companionship you've had so far. But there's a whole lot more. And so, but we cannot join hands with them and join up with everybody and saying that they're all right and everything's fine and dandy. No more than that Paul and Barnabas and the disciples of James and Peter and the rest of them, amen, joined up with them. And so they come to this conclusion that, you know, we're going to teach the Gentiles a little different. This is where you get the message, amen, that there should be no fornication, no, no eating strangled or, or blood. Amen. You couldn't partake of any of these things. And so they send letters out and they send Silas and they send Paul and Barnabas and them back out across the lands and, and forming an attempt to try to set things in order in the Gentile churches of what was expected of them but they were not going to have to be physically circumcised amen for the pleasure of somebody's flesh and somebody's idea regardless that they were Judeans amen that had come from Jerusalem they didn't have to yield down and bow down to it because that was not the word of God because that had been fulfilled through the baptism or water baptism through Jesus Christ <laughs> so 
as we move from that, and, and we're going we're gonna to go into some areas. I'm on a, about Mark and, and marking them and observing them, okay, for just a little bit. Galatians 1, and I'm going to talk a few things about the things that we war against and we got to observe and, and, and take note to. Galatians 1, 3, and 4. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. There's way too many, and I'm going to just put it this way, there's way too many so-called Christians that has not been delivered from the evil world. Amen. They still go to the same places, look the same, act the same. And you know what? They'll run their brothers and sisters down. They got, they're full of envy. They're full of bitterness. They hate one another. They dislike people because of the color of their skin. And I can just keep going right on down the list. But I'm telling you, that's not Christ-like. I'm telling you, you can't follow after that. But I'm telling you, we got to be get to that place that we don't let the evil spirit of this world or the spirit of this world get hold of our minds and hearts and lives. We don't handle things the way the world handles them. We don't respond to the things of the way the world does it. We don't throw temper tantrums and we don't get all out of sort. We got a keeper, amen. We got a provider. We got one that help us along this. We find out we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. First Corinthians 2 and 5 puts it this way. That your faith should not be what? In the wisdom of men. Okay, how smart they are. Okay, how many letters they got behind their names. And I'm all for education. Get all you can get until it robs you of the Holy Ghost. Until it tries to start indoctrinating you that's contrary to the Word of God. Then you'd be better off to check out. You'd be better off knowing to go to college. I'm just telling you like it is. I can name some out of this church right here. Done pretty good until they started going to college. And then they fell to the wayside. Because they couldn't handle it. And there's some spirits behind some of those professors. And doctrines of devils. And if you don't have the genuine stuff and the love of God and the love of truth in there. In your heart and your spirit and your mind. You won't survive. Because they can out talk you. They can, out, they can distort and twist the word of God. To, they'll make you believe a lie. Amen. And be lost and undone. And you're better off not to have an education or a good paying job. And be right with God. To, than have all those things and lose out with God. To, you're better off. Amen. If that's what it's going to take. Then I'll just go back. To, I'll dig ditches and live for God. To, that's all I can handle. Then God that's all right with me. I just want to be saved. I don't have to be a president. I don't have to have a whole influence of jobs. Now I want everybody to do it. I want everybody to be awesome and great. But for the soul's sake, sometimes you've got to back back down and say, this is what I can handle. This is where God wants me, and I'm going to let God glory be to God. So we don't what? But our faith not to stand in the wisdom of men. But it's what's in the power of God. I'm looking. I thank God for every miracle. I thank God for every prayer that's being answered. But I'm still looking for some notable miracles right here in this local assembly and in this community. I don't believe that I ought to have to drive 10,000 miles to see them. 
I don't believe I have to, I have to drive 30 miles to see it. I believe God's the same God in Bendale, Mississippi as any other place you go. I believe his word and doctrine and his name has just as much a power and authority in this local assembly as any other gathering. In fact, he said, what, two or three? You don't have to have a half a dozen. You don't even have to have two or three thousand. All you've got to have, amen, is faith in God and all that are doctrines and pray and believe that God's going to do it. Power of God. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or complete or made whole. How is that done? Through the Holy Ghost. That's what holy be. Holy, holy, holy comes actually from the word whole. You're never whole until you get the Holy Ghost. There's always going to be a voidness and emptiness and a shortness and infirmity until you get the Holy Ghost. It's always going to be a battle. It's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be a big question mark. All you got is head knowledge of this and not a heart transformation that took place. I'm telling you, it's out of the heart that the issues of life are made. Decisions are made. Lives are lived. But when the heart is transformed and you got an experience with God and the doing of the mind, I'm telling you, wholeness is not a big deal. Wholeness is not hard to do. Wholeness, I'm telling you, is a lot easier than what we make it out to be. It's all about dying. The real problem I've got is dying. real problem I've got is submission. If I die out and submit myself, God don't have no promise keeping holiness in my life goes from that how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect yet not the wisdom of this world nor the princes of this world that come to naught wisdom and the princes of this world this world's full of them is becoming even more so Amen. And, and, and all the universities and things of that nature. And, uh, I, I'm reading I'm slowly but surely. Amen. Brother Andrew gave me a book that Brother Wilson wrote. And it's talking about the theology of the Pentecost and all the theology in theme itself. And, and right the first beginning of it, he's talking about all the universities that's built. And how that most of them, amen, especially as far as religion, was Catholic. Amen. And how they got such a hold and things of this nature. And, you know, there's hardly any, any one God. They've come up in the last few years, and 20 years, I guess, 30 years, something of that nature. Amen. How to teach and train. And, 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 and we won't right here, you know. I'm seeing more and hearing more about apostolic churches trying to start their schools and, and trying to keep their kids in an atmosphere and a realm. Why? Because when they're so tender and when they're so, so uh, I hate to use the word naive, but, but they're prone and subject, amen, to be drawn to. Because that's our nature. Until you get that nature, amen, receive the Holy Ghost and get some wisdom inside of it. It's just subject and prone, amen, to walk out to the ways of the world and the things of the world. That's the reason we don't want our babies involved in worldly activities. Because there's a spiritual world a spirit of the world that's out there and if that spirit of that world gets ingrained into their hearts and their minds and their spirit I'm telling you you're going to have the battle of your lifetime you thought parenting was hard amen when the spirit of that world sets up on the throne of their life you're going to have a battle you're going to spend many a nights weeping and crying and fasting and praying oh God help me when God's trying to help you but you've got to keep them out of there Man, up in the admonition of the Lord. The doctors that we preach here, we've always preached them. My, our pastors preach them. Every one I've ever been sent on us preach them. Come out from the world, be separate. Come out from among them. Touch not the unclean. We don't go to world events. We don't get involved in all that. Because I'm telling you, to damn your soul to hell. And I don't care how many one God Pentecostal churches start going to, it still doesn't make it right.
Well, I'm gonna, I ain't going to jump on no more rabbits. I'll leave it alone. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. You can't find agreement with the world and the activity. You can't feel at home at the activities of the world and live for God too. You can't find pleasure and entertainment. Man, our entertainment's here. They an event out there the world's got can out-entertain what can happen in this house. There's nothing more beautiful that can happen to our children than what can happen in this house. Giving them a sound mind. <laughs> hey, I'm praying for our babies. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to use the name. Praying for one particular one. Having some problems, some serious problems. and Didn't want them to pass last year. This week they done a test. That one was number one in the class. Number one. Somebody informed us said that's what prayer do. And that's right. It's not that we're smart. We're better than anybody. That that's what praying to do. Praying to make a way where there seems to be no way. God's good pleasure, amen, to give your babies a good sound mind and a spirit and desire to learn. Because they got to learn the doctrine. They don't have no desire to learn out there. They don't got no desire to learn this Bible, baby. You better pop it in them. You better learn, baby. You got to learn. You got to have a desire to learn to do better. Amen, to do what God wants you to do. We don't do it to be biggie. We don't do it, amen, to put on a show. Or we're better than anybody. But I'm telling you, it's God's good pleasure to bless his people. It's in the word of God. He said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. He's in the word of God. He said, I'll make you the lender, not the barrier. I'm telling you, this is a church that ought to be in a leadership. Not the world, not the public world, not the government. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, the church ought to be the leader in your household. Brother, I don't care if they're paying them $40 million to throw a football. Some of you are sitting on me, but that's all right. Still right. That money's going to burn up. And everything it can purchase and buy is going to burn up. And there's a place that our souls are going to be cast in, and it won't burn up. And this soul's not for sale. These souls out here is not for sale. This church is not for sale. I'm not looking. I don't want God to put a for sale sign out there. I don't want somebody to drive down 57 and that sign, the name of that sign out there has changed, amen, to some whatever denomination. Because we didn't want to take heed to the doctrines. Because we didn't want to fall in love with the doctrines. Because we didn't realize how important they was to sustain us and keep us. got to hold on to it. Man, with everything it is within us, we got to hold on to it. <laughs> so we haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely 
given to us of God. You know, one of the best things you'll ever do for yourself is learn how God talks to you. Got the written word. You got preaching. But I'm telling you, God's got a special little way to speak to each and every one of us. Through still a small voice, through a touch, through whatever way. The best thing you can do for yourself is be able to recognize that was the voice of God to instruct me and to guide me right here. And know it well enough that when he says yes, that regardless of the scene and what it looks like and the odds that are against you, you go off of his yes. That's what Peter had to do. He was the fisherman. He'd been out on that lake. He knew what it was. He toiled all night. But he said, nevertheless, at thy word. <laughs> and that's where you and I've got to get. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to step out. I'm going to respond. I'm going to obey you, God. I'm going to take you at your word, at your doctrine. But the only way those things happen is because you spent time in prayer with him. You shut that and get in that closet, amen, and you shut that door and you shut everything else out. I talked to Brother Tuck this week. He called me. Let's pray for his pastor. Called me yesterday evening. His pastor's had a heart attack, 62 years old. Not real sure what's going to happen there, but uh, got to talking to him. That's the guy from Kentucky that came down, him and his family, amen, came down to be with us. And, 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 and he hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet, but I kept talking to him. We just kept talking, amen. And he, he told me, he said, he said, Brother Morris, sometimes, man, I get to, he said, man, it feels like God just right there. Just, I mean, just right there. So everything else closes out. He, he said the other day he was doing it. He said, and all of a sudden that phone went off. He said, oh, it's my fault. He said, I should have left that thing in the other room. Amen. And he's right. If you really want to talk to God and not have any distractions, unless you're man enough or woman enough, amen, to just use it if you got to have a clock. Amen. But regardless of who calls or whatever, no, it's time with God. And regardless of what comes across that phone, God can handle it. God can handle it. He can do a better job than you can. If you'll commit yourself to God, amen, and talking to him and working on the doctrines of God, I'm telling you, he'll handle every situation, every bit of longness, every bit of bills, anything that may come your way. I'm telling you, he'll drive the devil out. He'll bring his discourse sin and put it under your feet. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he'll open up windows and doors. You can't open them. You're not smart enough. You're not skillful enough. You're not talented enough to outdo God. As we humble and yield ourselves unto him. Brother Gray is his pastor's name. So let's, I tell you what, let's pray for him right now. God, we want you to reach down and touch Brother Gray tonight. Amen, Brother Tucker's pastor. God, touch his body, touch his situation, touch his church. Nobody can touch him like you can, God, and raise him up. Move upon his heart, move upon his mind, his life. We asking you, believing you here tonight. God, we know that sometimes just making mention of it in the name of Jesus is all it takes. And we're going to give you that glory, praise, the honor tonight as a healer in this house. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Amen. We're going to believe in a good report from that. By the hand of the Lord and the touch of God. Amen. Ezekiel talks about, amen. Thus saith the Lord God, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Have seen nothing. 
Hey, I want to see some things. I want to see some things in the miraculous, in the supernatural. <laughs> I listened to Brother Wilson here a while back, and he was talking about the Word of God or magnifying God. And, and he likened it unto this. See, I like now. See, them words are kind of blurry. I, I could pick out one or two that's a lot darker and bigger than the others. But all the rest of them. Now watch this. Well, what happened here? Did that, did that magnify them words? Did that make any of them words any bigger? Now listen to what, I'm, what, what he's saying. He said, when you magnify God, said you really can't make God any bigger than what he is. But he says, when you begin to magnify him, <laughs> you begin to make him bigger than all your problems. All your situations. When you begin to exalt him and tell him how big he is, really you're telling yourself. You're the one that needs to come to that conclusion. You're the one that needs to arrive to that place that my God's bigger than any devil. My God's bigger than any sickness. My God's bigger than any burden. My God will do things that no other God can do. I often pray right down here. I said, God, you're the only one that can tread these waters. God, you're the only one that can walk down this course. God, you're the only one that can heal them. You're the only one that can bless them and deliver them but I'm believing and trusting in the name of Jesus Christ that through the power it's invested in the name of Jesus and you're not going to let your name come up short and so Ezekiel talks about these foolish go to 1 John 4 and 4 you're of God little children have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world was the last time you was facing a situation and you just kind of looked at that thing and just kind of, you know, my God's bigger than you. That's a little childish, but I tell you what, it'll work. It'll work. All right. Fill a check, I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not out to hurt nobody tonight. It's Wednesday night. I'm glad you're here. They are of the world. Wherefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. But we are of God. And he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. <laughs> when you're talking to people and witnessing to people. and They begin to ask you things about. And you take the scripture. And you show them the word of God. And, you, and do it with the Holy Ghost. Don't get mad. Don't get buggy-eyed on them. I'm telling the truth. We don't have to get all out of, out of sorts. This is right. This is truth. And they can, they can accept it or deny it. They got that power of choice. Paul couldn't persuade all that. He'd done all of those. That, that, here's what he put. That I might save some. But this is the power of doctrine. And it depends upon the vessel. If it's hungry for the doctrine. And hungry for truth. But that's not all. Everybody doesn't receive everything just alike. So you be kind and you love them. <laughs> We're going to be friends anyway if you want to. Now, if you don't, that's your choice. That's your loss. Don't tell them that. You just think that part. 
Hallelujah. Okay. Because that, that may put the icing on the cake. But anyway, that's not what you're out there for. But we want to win them. And, and so, but this is the spirit of error. So you can mock them when they begin, when they don't have an ear to hear it. You know, there's certain things that we preached and taught. And I've, I've taught it. Brother Parker's taught it. Brother Buford taught it. And Brother Fuquay taught it. And, 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 and one of those things is pre, pre-prayer before service. But some still. I ain't a whole lot I can do about it. There's not enough of me to get at everybody's house and bring my shotgun. <laughs> I won't have any trips like that to me. <laughs> well, I'm just, but it doesn't work that way. So all I can do is preach and practice what I know. If you'll read about some of those old brush harbor times, you know why they had some of the great moves of God? And we're going to preach on about the doctrine of prayer here in, in, sooner or later, hopefully. <laughs> May the rapture won't take place before we get there. But, uh, but, but you know why? Now, they could have easily. Man, we got to walk five miles to church. And we got to walk in shoes that we got cardboard in because they got holes in them. And so we'd see the difference of the times. But they was willing to walk. But you know what? They didn't remember. They didn't complain. They just prayed and loved God and made their way. And a lot of times they would get there an hour before service. They didn't have beautiful prayer rooms. They didn't have them air conditioned or heated. They'd gather up the women on the, out in the woods on one side and the ladies on the other side. And they'd begin to call on God power of God and so when service time come the glory was done down the anointing was done in the house the power and the presence of God was already there they didn't try to sing it down they didn't have to try to worship it down they didn't even have to try to preach it down it was already there I don't know why I got on that, but I did. But I'm going to get away from it. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, because I, I got a long ways to go here. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. When they make this statement, I've had them tell me this. Well, I don't believe that. You can just zip it up. You can just say, okay. I mean, when I give you truth and you don't believe that, you know, that's like whenever you tell somebody uh, you did this or you didn't do it and you know it was done. And they said, oh, it, you didn't do that. or Okay. Huh. What you going to do? Except slap them and say, you call me a liar, but you ain't going to do that. <laughs> you're, you're Holy Ghost. You're not going to do that. And so watch what he says here. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So we understand and we get to see some, some princes and powers that you and I war against on a daily basis. The God of this world that's got people blinded, especially those that don't believe. Philippians 3 and 17 says, Brethren, 
Be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as he have us for an example. You need to, you need to mark them. Amen. The examples. And you know what? The elders talk to younger ones, what the Bible says. But you know what? We need to look. I just wonder sometimes if some elders would walk back into our apostolic churches today, just how they, and I know some changes and, and they would, but anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. But you know what? I want to be able to walk in this place and there's enough of the familiarity of holiness and righteousness and godliness and the presence of God and the love of God the power of God amen that they could connect that they could plug in I know technology has changed some other areas but you know what long as what we use them for and we use them right if we can't do that then let's get rid of it let's go back to some oh whatever <laughs> so we're taught here now, if you back up to the 14th verse of that same chapter, it's talking about pressing toward a mark. And then in parentheses in the 18th verse, it says, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, who God is their belly. Now, we didn't heard this one time. And whose glory is in their shame, and who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working of the word by, he is able even to do all things. So mark them. Psalms, Psalms, amen, 37 to 37. Mark the perfect man. Behold the upright. For what? For the end of that man is peace. I know my time's running out. I'm going to rush through a couple of things here. If you just give me a minute. I hate to, but man. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 15. Let's go to that one. Again, we beseech you, brothers, to know them which labor among you. God dealt me with that, that scripture this week in prayer. To know them. It's ever been a time that you and I, we need to know them that labor among us. That the gifting of discernment. Things that transpire take place. I got a long ways to go, but Lord, help me hear this. And are over you in the Lord and admonish you or warned you. Next. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. You know, you often hear that scripture. Without holiness, you can't see God, right? But you know, there's another part of that scripture, isn't it? And peace with all men. If you go back to Psalms 37 and 37, that righteous man. The end of that verse mentions peace. I know we're living in a very unpeaceful world. In fact, the scriptures taught us that peace is going to be lifted. But there's something about you and I as Holy Ghost and disciples of Jesus Christ and walking with God. That there's a peace with us that abodes and abides with us. That man can't give it. The devil couldn't give it. But neither can they take it. So there's a peace with us in all of our trials. 
and all of our, our, our troubles that help us. If we just hold to this. And that's the reason we need to get our eyes and mark. Especially elders. I mentioned this just in the last few services. How important it is for elders. And if you consider yourself an elder. In this local assembly. How to conduct yourself. How to handle yourself. How you, you handle yourself in conversation. Amen. How you handle yourself among us and outside. It's very important. For these little babies sake. It's very important. That they can really see the love of Christ. That they don't need us snapping at one another. That didn't go over too good but it's still right. They don't need to see us rolling our eyes up at one another. They don't miss none of that. Three quarters of the adults might have missed it, but not them babies. For one reason, because the devil's going to make sure they see that. And they won't forget it. I, 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 oh, Lord, help me here. Okay, 1 Corinthians 5 and 1. I know I gave you all a list, but maybe I'm still going down it. I'm not real sure. Maybe I am. I'm trying to hurry, but, but at the same time. 1 Corinthians 5 and 1. Let me just talk about it. We notice here what has been reported. There is a fornication that took place. There is this guy, this son, that's got his father's wife. The second verse informs us that, that ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned. Uh, uh, you, you, you've, you're proud. You're, you're arrogant. You, you, you're not disciplining it. You're not correcting it. You're accepting it. You're still having communion with them. You're still worshiping with them. You're telling the world and everybody out there that they're all right just like they are. Now watch this. God is not the author of confusion. Okay? That's the reason Paul, when he spun around a man to that little damsel that was telling the truth that they were the disciples and the, and the preachers of the gospel of the Lord. But he rebuked that spirit. You know why? Because God didn't want that rest of that community to think that she's using the same source or power and authority that they was representing. God's not the author of confusion. And God will always put a stop to confusion if we're willing to let him. Okay? And so here, because they were not responding to this and dealing with this situation in a godly manner and form, they was causing confusion. They was accepting their lifestyle that they can live just in the old way. You'd be shocked in this community how many people think they can just shack up and live up and do and go to heaven. <laughs> so, Watch what he says. Fifth verse says, To deliver such a one unto Satan, for what? For the destruction of the flesh. For the physical discipline. Let the devil have at him. Make him sick. Make him have pain. Maybe he's going to break his leg. I don't know. <laughs> don't say God doesn't, doesn't work that way. Go to the Old Testament. How many times did he raise up the Philistines and different ones? Against Israel as the chastening rod of God to correct them. 
Not, not one single one of their enemies had the power or the ability to overcome Israel. It was their disobedience and stiff-neckedness that God would raise up the enemy and bring them against them. For correction, to get them to change of heart, to do what's right. God's method hasn't changed. And so also in the operation of the church. Now, I don't know. The Bible don't tell us. I don't know if he was holding a position or not. But could it be that they were still letting him sing in the choir? Could it be that he was still teaching Sunday school class? Could it be that he was a pastor's son and he was just letting him lead services? Now watch it. The, the, it wasn't something under the cover somewhere. The first verse said it was commonly known by all what was going on. And y'all hadn't corrected it? What are you telling the rest of the community? Don't tell me I'm not right tonight. You know why the denominator's world's in the trouble she's in tonight? Because she wouldn't make, she wouldn't take the doctrines and make corrections and start accepting and believing anybody. Just any old, just come as you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to come to an altar of repentance. You don't have to be baptized. You just come and join with us and pay tithes and offerings a little bit and show up and we'll put you in positions and we'll put you here and put you there. Full of the devil. And we as an apostolic people is not exempt from it. I skipped a lot here. I'd love to go back to it. Peter, if you got the time, go back sometimes and read 2 Peter 2, 1 and 22. Read about what he warns about false teachers and false prophets. Read about how he talks about them slipping in, coming in. And then go to Jude. Jude said the need of right and why. Because some have slipped in unaware, unnoticed. Got into the body. Began to hold positions and places. Can I just be honest tonight without sounding ugly toward our constitution, toward the White House and our... But if we could somehow turn the clock back about 50 years, probably about 70-75% of that's in the White House wouldn't be there. They would have been disqualified to even run for the office. Let's must get it. Because our moral standards... Our watermarks have moved so drastically now. What's acceptable and pleasing? You know what helped brought that on? Hollywood. It geared us. It fashioned us. It formed us. Because what you set before you is what you become. It's what you start believing in your heart and believing in your spirit. Hmm. That's where they got the ideas. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to have a pastor. I don't have to have a spiritual leader. I promise you, I could back off here long enough on Wednesday nights and we'd get where we wouldn't have one. I could start saying, folks, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to kick back and just come and uh, we're spending, just get it a little more, little more dead, a little more bored, and a little more, you know, and I can watch the faces and I can tell, man, it's working because, man, they hate being here. So, you know what? I think we're just going to come up with the idea. We just, let's just put off Wednesday nights. I mean, nobody's doing it anymore. That's the way false doctrines. That's where you and I, we have to come to that point and place. Stir us up, God, that we won't let those things slip in. Second Thessalonians talks about traditions. Amen. When you go to the sixth verse, Second Thessalonians 3 and 6. <laughs> Lord have mercy, I wish. Now we command you. How many likes to be commanded? 
Let's be honest, we really don't. I mean, who geared us this way? Who's geared us to be independent? And who's, 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 who's fashioned us, both male and females now, not to be dependent on nobody? That good old American dream, buddy. Self-sufficiency, self-independence, and self-this and self-that. And that's where we at. Boy, we, look what we got ourselves into, spiritually speaking, in general. We in a mess. We in a mess. You know, I can remember, it wasn't too, too, too many years ago, I preached, you're going to see the shorts coming in on the men. You know what's the next thing you're going to start seeing on the men? It could be within the next 20, 25 years, wearing skirts. You think I'm laughing? You think it, you mark it down. Now watch this, watch this. Here's going to be the, here's going to be the card. Hmm. The women's doing it. They're wearing pants. The roles of authority. How many households is run by the woman and not the man? Oh, I got one there, didn't I? Pull it in. And I know we can meet, we can start. And I, there's some of this part. Well, if he'd man up, and that may be true, but in some cases, if you'd shut up. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just telling the world what you got. They won't hold all the positions. They want as much, if not more money. They want to get on the same battlefields. Confusion. No difference in gender. Now if they're not happy in who they are, we'll take them when they're two and four years old and get them changed. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more deafness in all this than what people think. That's the reason we believe in the doctrine of women don't cut your hair and men keep yours cut. And we don't cut it like the style of the world either. We just need good, God, godly, comfortable haircuts. We didn't know, need no fancy little spikes. We don't need fancy little designs. I don't care if it's the cross. <laughs> We're not trying to draw attention to this body. We don't wear things. That's the reason we don't put on gold and silver and pearl and and all this other stuff, flashy stuff. That's the reason our ladies don't wear dresses with splits all the way up here. <laughs> we don't ask, you know, we don't want them to wear, amen, clothes so tight. There's, you don't have to use no imagination. That's the reason we want them, amen, when they up here. I'm going to tell you something. Here's a good way. See if you're all right, amen. Can you jump and worship God and magnify God and throw up your hands and all do it? If you can't, you better take them off. Same way with the men. <laughs> if you got them so tight, suck them in so. If you took a deep breath, but start snapping. Expose the boys what you ought to. Better take it off. I'd rather come with two sides that's too big. Be able to worship God, magnify the king. Because all that other stuff ain't going to matter to nothing. You ain't going to impress nobody. Nobody's going to impress nobody in hell. Are you hearing me? You're not going to have no friends in hell. You're not going to have no brothers, no sisters, or nobody that likes you in hell. And I'm telling you, I'm not interested in going to hell. Oh. Folks, I didn't mean to get on all this. I really didn't. 
I'd love to went to Peter's and talked about that. And, 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 and when we talk about this, now listen to me. Watch what he says here. And I'm, I'm trying to finish up. He says, you're glorying. Listen to what I'm telling you in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. He, when he, did, he said, your glorying is not good. They gloried in that. They, was, they, was, they thought it was something. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked of how many preachers has got two or three concubines in the congregation. I'm the man. I'm the, you're a fornicator. You're going to bust hell wide open and all limits following you and don't do nothing about it. It's going to grind up with you. When you know what's right, you got to, you got to write. You, you got the business. Hey, man, hey, this is the time I fix to mark them and I fix to make a stand. You can't, you can't. That's one of the things that was named that's that fornication. Let me ask you something. Let's just be honest here tonight. Is not that the biggest problem that we're dealing with today? The lack of doctrine. Lack of standing with it. I blame the pulpit. I blame the pulpit. Isaiah backs that up. If that preacher will just keep preaching it, keep putting that fence back up, regardless of how many times somebody tries to knock it down, if he just puts it back up. We're not moving the fence. I'm not moving it over here. I'm not moving it here. This is where God put it, and this is where we're going to put it back. I don't care if so-and-so knocked it down. I don't care if so-and-so comes in. They still got to come down the same trail. They got to have the same experience. They got to have the same encounter with God. Hallelujah. Just because what family you, what Pentecostal family name doesn't give you the license, amen, to, in the jurisdiction of God or the kingdom of God. You still got to be born again of the water and the spirit. You got to take on his name. You better follow his doctrines. No one's exempt. You never get too old. You're never too young. Amen. To humble and submit and yield ourselves to the doctrines. And if it's wrong for one, it's wrong for the other. So they gloried, he says. Your glory's not good. No, he not that a little level will level the whole up. If, if, if you keep letting that go, do you realize that half of this congregation is going to be just like that? So that's reason we have to watch this. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Wait a minute, back up. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that he may be a new lump, as he are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now, here's the reason I made that statement about him. Watch the next verse. Therefore, let us keep the feast. I believe they was letting them take communion. Treating him just like any other brother or sister in the church. No preaching against it. No correcting in it. The whole church knew what's going on. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not too many, 
not to company with fornicators. Listen, apparently there was another epistle. He said, I wrote to you not to company with fornicators. Now watch what he does here. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covenants, or the extortioners, or with idolaters. For then must he needs go out of the world. He, he said, I'm not talking about them that's in the world. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm not talking about them that don't have the Holy Ghost. The ones I'm talking about that you disfellowship, amen, is those that call themselves brothers and sisters. And those that says they got the Holy Ghost, amen, you got to reach a point in that place that you got to disfellowship them. You can't just let it ride. You just can't let it keep going. And it doesn't matter whose daughter it is, whose son it is, whose mommy it is, whose daddy it is. I'm telling you, the sin and the spirit of sin is looking for an avenue to get in. And if you don't stand against and preach against and make the judgment against it, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, it'll take a whole house. We watched an old church's backslide and go into the world because somebody didn't make a stand against the sin that was coming in. say this and when they're unwilling to repent and do what's right you got to drive them out after he said hey I, you can stand I know my it's almost nine o'clock I'm sorry my goodness but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man is called a brother catch that a man one that bears the name of Jesus the one that calls himself a Christian. One that is be, to be a fornicator or covetous. Notice now. You're not just touching fornication here now. Amen. But covetous. And idolater. Our world's full of idolatry, folks. If we'd really wake up and look around. There's a lot of idolatry in us. Or a railer. A raider is a foul tongue or abusing or reveling or one that slanders or drunkard or any extortioner with such and one know not to eat. I believe he's talking about the communion. Because he's going to deal with that communion. Just the feast, the gathering together. When we come together as a body of believers. You can't elevate them. You can't just overlook them. You can't just let them. And so that's what puts the pressure on the preacher. Especially if he makes a stand. And he doesn't get the backing from the body. And they rebuttal against him. Now he's got to be right. Now watch this. His spirit's got to be right. I'm sorry I didn't get to touch all of that. But the scripture is heavy on being kind and gentle and patient. You've got to have patience in the kingdom of God, folks. Because everybody doesn't progress the same. Everybody, you don't deal with everybody just the same. You don't even discipline your own. And hey, come on, don't, no, don't, don't feed me that. You let so-and-so do this. You, let, you don't treat your kids identically the same. You correct them differently because it depends on their nature. Some of them you beat the daylights out of them and you still pray and fast over them. And some of them you can just get onto them real stern and throw them in and that's about all it takes most of the time. They straighten up and correct themselves. So that's the same way with some of this. 
That's the reason you got to let God and the Holy Ghost and the gifting of the Spirit and the fivefold ministry and let evangelists come in here and things of that nature that you don't talk to. Let God talk to them. Used of God. I may pick up on something that's a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. I had some um, places. But anyway, our time's up. Love you tonight. We really do appreciate this church and your hard labor of work and, and, uh, and the things that are taking place. Man, the cards are being handed out and inviting people and just doing the work for the Lord. We love you. You know what? God's, God's working for us, folks. Now, let me say this. If you think you're in some battles now, if we keep pursuing like we're pursuing, you're talking about some spiritual battles. That's the reason you and I got to make sure nothing going to separate us. Huh. Nothing. Man. Our love for one another, our love for this truth. I want you to make it. I want you to hear God say, well done, well done thy good and faithful servant. It'd be the last, the last resort is to that disfellowshipping. And, but that's up to the individual now. It's up to the individual. Even Jesus taught it through offenses. I, I know my time's up. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you tonight. Uh, school will be getting out in a couple of weeks. Maybe the pressure will get up a little bit. Hallelujah. All right. Love you, though. Appreciate you. Don't forget Sunday, one service, Mother's Day. And uh, we're going to have the Sunday morning service. You have Sunday afternoon off and spend time with your mother and family and uh, make plans to do that. So we love you tonight and appreciate you. Any other announcements? Any gripes? Any complaints? Somebody want to take a vote? Okay. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.